G'day and welcome back to How They Train. Today I'm joined by professional triathlete Tim Van Berkel. Burks is a guy who has been a racing triathlon professionally longer than most people have even been fans of the sport. And along that journey, he's won a whole bunch of Ironman and Challenge races all over the world. Burks, welcome to How They Train, mate. Thanks, Jack. Jeez, mate, you make, make me sound old. <laughs> <laughs> you are getting on these days. I know, I know. I was... Yeah, it's, I've just, I've kind of worked out how long I've been racing and how many Ironmans I've done. And I, I think I've, I'm, Ironman West Australia will be like my 34th or 30, 35th Ironman. So, full distance. Yeah, it's, yeah, full distance Ironmans. And I've been racing professionally for oh, 15 years now. So, um, yeah, I, I am old. <laughs> yeah. You like, you're one of those guys who, probably since I started watching the sport and following the sport when I was, I think I was like, I don't know, 12 or 13. <laughs> yeah. um, I remember you being around. So uh, yeah, it is, it is weird to look back on like that. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's been, it's been one hell of a ride and I feel like the the time is coming to a near end soon. I've, um, I've actually negotiated a few more contracts for another two years. So Hopefully, got a, another good two years in me, and then I think that might be time to uh, to to hang up the to hang up the shoes and uh, the wetsuit and bike and uh, move on to something a bit different. But uh, I'm really pumped for the next two years just to really really see what I've got left and um, yeah, give it a good red hot crack and see what we see if we can get another Ironman win. Yeah, that, that would be nice because it's been a, it's been a while since I've won a race, so yeah, it'd be nice to get back on the top stump. If you could. Okay, so if you say I'm going to retire two years from now, if you could achieve one thing in the sport, just one, by the time you retire, what would it be? I would really love another Ironman win, another Ironman win, and to go back to Ironman World Championships and uh, championships and crack into a top ten again. That would be, if I could do either of those things, I would be, I'd be pretty happy. I would retire pretty happy with the sport. Yeah. If there was, you know, I mean, obviously you saying that. I assume that the Ironman you would most like to win is the world champs, but outside of that, what's the one that you would, you would most like to win? Ah, uh, look, I honestly, I would love to win Ironman Australia. I it's, I used, I actually lived in Port Macquarie for, uh, I lived in Port for eight years, nine years. And it's one race that I, I won the 70.3 there, but I would really love to win the Ironman there. I've won Ironman West Australia. I've won Ironman Kansas Asia pack champs. I would really love to, uh, tick off Australia's third Ironman and win Port Macquarie. Yep. And that's in May, May next year. That's in May. Yep. Yep. It's been postponed, cancelled because of COVID, floods. So yeah, it hasn't been a real good two years for sport of triathlon in, in Australia with COVID. But um, yeah, hopefully next year we'll, um, things will go back to some normality and get back racing. Yeah. And the, uh, the, other, the other goal you mentioned there is obviously you want to get back into the top 10 at, at world champs. And um, usually I would sort of like start this, this podcast by asking someone, you know, what they did this morning for training or, or what their block looks like at the moment. But I was just thinking about this podcast with you and like, what would I, like knowing you the way I know you, what would I want someone else to, to know? Or what, what, what would I want to be the first story they heard from you? And it took me back to, I think the first time I ever met you and I, I'm almost positive you won't even remember this story, but I, it was, it was quite a few years ago and I was just a young fella who, who was new to triathlon and I was coming up to, to train with you guys. And I heard you tell the story about the first time you did um, the Ironman world championships and you were just telling the story amongst a group of mates. So it was probably a little bit different to how you would tell it on a podcast, but it was in so much more detail than what I've heard you ever tell it like on a podcast or in an interview since. Um, and it was in that 2014 race. So the year that you debuted where you're in a real battle late into the Ironman world championships running in like third or fourth. Um, and, and just the story about your lead up to that and, and that race and, and particularly the battle you had where you were, you know, running for the podium really deep into the Ironman World Championships. Yeah, um, that was so that that was my first ever Ironman World Championships. And, yeah, I was, I reckon I was 30 and, yeah, just I went into that race just no expectation, no stress or um, pressure on myself whatsoever. And I just went over there and just had a good time and, and, uh, you know, whatever result I got was, that was going to be it. And I, I, it's probably the best I've ever gone into a race mentally. 
um, especially it's, you know, my first big world championships. I thought I'd feel all this pressure and blah, blah, blah. But I actually went into it really relaxed and just wanted to enjoy it. And, and I enjoyed it. It was such a great day. And I, um, I had a good swim for me. I was in the main group all day on the bike and then I just had this good run. And I remember just running my, my way all the way into fourth place and thinking I went into the, uh, to the energy lab in fourth place thinking, how good's this? I'm like, at the pointy end of the Ironman World Championships, just like loving it. And then I was, I ran with Jan Fadino, who's like the goat of um, triathlon Ironmans, won gold medal. He's won Ironman, multiple Ironman World Champs. But that was his first Kona as well. So, and he was very new to Ironman. I think he only done one Ironman prior, which was uh, Ironman Frankfurt. And um, so I ran with him for 14K. So that was pretty cool in itself. And then, um, yeah. I had a duel with him. He dropped me going out of the energy lab and um, and I remember passing Andy Potts and I was in fourth and just next minute I just felt this massive grand piano just fall on my back and I just, just I was lights out. I was gone and I still had like a good 5K to go and um, I just just, I was like, do not, lose your top 10 position and I just had to dig to the darkest place possible to get me home and, and I got home in seventh first Aussie uh first first race and it was just such a huge buzz and and uh yeah all my sponsorship deals and everything for the following year doubled and er, er, life was good everything was going really good and and then um I never I've done seven Ironman world championships now and I've never got close to that result since so I think uh, my best was in 2018 with a 12th, but I did get a five-minute penalty that day, which which if I um, didn't get the penalty, it would have put me up about fifth. But um, it is what it is. And, um, you know, this this uh, coming year, 2022, there's actually two Ironman World Championships. So they're having one in May, which is in St. George, and then which will be the 21 Championships and then, um, then back in Kona in October for the 2022 championships. So I'm not sure if I'm going to go to St. George. I think I might just, um, put all my eggs into the Ironman Australia basket and then Kona in October. Yep. And, um, you, just hearing you sort of re retalk about that, then it took me back to when I first heard it and, and listen, like when I first heard you um, talk about that day, it really normalized a few things for me that before that, like, just seemed um, almost like like they like they weren't real. So you describing your your battle with with Jan Fredino, who was a guy I looked at as like almost not a real person, but hearing you, this guy that I'm just running along with on a trail on a on a random Saturday, um, talk about and, and running next to him, <laughs> telling a few. Actually, I, I, I <laughs> you were telling a particular story about um, running next to him. Do you know what I'm laughing about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember that. <laughs> he was dropping his guts all all the way along the Queen K. <laughs> yeah, he just kept farting and farting, and I was like, "Geez, move over a bit, buddy." <laughs> uh, yeah, I do remember that. I do remember training with you up at Lennox, but I can't remember you telling that story. But I probably bored a lot of people with that story. But um, yeah, I do remember training with you up here in Lennox. Yeah, back in the Jalsy days. Yeah, in the Jalsy days. Well, you were coached by yeah. Jalsy le leading into um, into that day, weren't you, in 2014? Yeah, I was with I, yeah, I was with Grant Giles for like good eight years of my career. Yeah, and um, yeah, I did that that build and that block with him in, uh, and it was special doing that build with him for Kona and him being at the race as well, which was it was very special and yeah, something I'll hold very dear dear to myself and I'm sure Giles he does as well I know he had a bit of a tear in his eye that day and yeah it was just it was just a special moment that, that's probably a good segue to, to start talking about training which is which is what everyone's here to, to to listen to so leading into that day do you remember the the training block you had done to to get that performance yeah I definitely do like it was one of those builds where I just it, everything just went perfectly and I was really fit and I had heaps of good dudes around me, which really helps for an Ironman build. Cause I'm, I'm in the middle of an Ironman build now for Ironman Western Australia and I've done all of it solo and it fucking sucks. I hate training for Ironman by myself. Like it's just long, boring days on your own. Thank God for podcasts and music and stuff like that. Cause that's what's getting me through at the moment. But for that build back in 
um, t- t- 2014. I had, I had Mitchie Robbins here doing all my runs with, I had, I was training with Peter Robinson who was also meant to go and race as well for his first race. But he, um, he ended up, uh, coming off his bike and breaking his collar collarbone, um, during a bike session. And I had Reedy was here, Clayton Patel, Joey Lamp. We had such a good crew of athletes. Um, you know, it was great for swimming with Joey and Clodo and great for running with Reed and, and Mitchie and Robbo. So we had a really good crew and it just made, you just turned up to training. There was heaps of good banter. It was just good chat and it was just fun. You always just wanted to come to training and catch up with the boys. And I really, I really do miss those days. It was just, it just, you know, just shared the work, shared the pain and it was just enjoyable and it was just, yeah, it was just easy to get the training done. Yeah. And how much were you guys doing back then? Like, do you remember what, like particularly for that block into Kona, do you remember um, how many hours a week you were doing and, and how much of each of the different disciplines you were doing? Yeah, I was definitely, like when I was younger, I could definitely hand, handle a lot more volume than I, I do now. So back then I, w- I would have been training like 30 hour weeks under Grant. And that's like, that would have been like 15 to 20 of swimming. Uh, it would have been up to four to 500 on the bike and up to like 90, hundred of running. Uh, a lot of it was aerobic. Um, and there wasn't much intensity in there. A lot of it was just Ironman focused and aerobic based. Um, now I've kind of gone the opposite way and I do a lot more intensity and, um, I still do a little bit of aerobic work, but I've been doing the sport for 15 years now. I've got a massive aerobic base there. So I just kind of really need to work on my top end and, and, um, my speed stuff. So, um, yeah, it was, yeah. So that were kind of the, the training we're doing, but like one of the key sessions we would do like on a Saturday would be like 180 K ride. There might've been some motor pacing in there or some Ironman efforts, like 40 minutes, 30, like four by 40 or four by 30 minute at Ironman pace into like a runoff with a, with a build, um, building up to Ironman pace, even going a little bit quicker than Ironman pace. That might be like an hour off and then like a, a you know, like a three, three, four K recovery swim in the afternoon, sometimes in the pool, sometimes in the open water. That was like a big, kind of key Ironman day and that's like that's like a that's like a seven hour eight hour training day there yeah that's massive yeah that was our definitely that was our bread and butter back in the day and and how many weeks straight would you train 30 hours a week for back then um back then it used to be kind of like a two to three on and then like a recovery week uh I also used to race a lot so I would like pump out a few good big weeks at that 25 to 30 hour mark. Then you'd have like a taper week into a race and then you'd have like a recovery week after a race. And then you'd start ramping up the hours again. Definitely. I wouldn't do it all year round, but like, you know, into a target Ironman, I would definitely like to get like maybe a good four to five weeks at, at that 30 hour mark. Yeah. That's, um, it's so much, um, especially considering like, nowadays uh, from what i'm aware you do quite a, a lot less than that don't you well yeah like i i did my biggest training week last week all year and i did 27 hours and it fucking killed me yeah like i'm like i'm like i'm 30 i'm 37 now i got a kid i got other stresses in my life um back then all we did was train eat, sleep and train. That's all we did. We had no other stresses in. We didn't have mortgages. We didn't have any kids or we weren't married or anything like this. All we just had was just training. You rock up with the boys and you just get the work done. But, um, yeah, now like I've got a kid to look after and like, you just, I'm older. I don't recover like I used to. There's just other stresses in life now that I find really hard to get the work done. And then, you know, I don't want to be I try to get my training in and then when I, ha- when I have my son in the afternoon, I don't want to be tired and cranky. Like I want to be able to hang out with him and do stuff with him and stuff like that. So I certainly don't do the hours I, I used to back then when I was like 25, 30, but um, I'm also training a lot smarter now too. Like I'm back then we would do a lot of like gray zone training, they call it, but now I'm doing a lot more quality stuff. Like uh, I'm riding the turbo a lot. Uh, I'm in the gym doing strength stuff. Um, 
um, doing shorter, like kind of uh, high pace run efforts and stuff like that. So I like, I just don't feel like I need that aerobic base because I've done the sports for so long. But if I like for someone who is like young and only been in the sport for like five years and wants to do Ironman, then I would say, yeah, you've got to do those, you've got to do those big aerobic weeks. Um, Cause you just don't have the base there. So, yeah. So I'll, I want to do a deep dive into this. So you're, you're doing a build into um, Ironman Bustleton right now. Yep. Um, how many weeks have you sort of been training for? How, how many weeks has your block been going for so far? Well, yeah. So it's been, it's been a tough one because I, with the border restrictions, I, I wasn't going to do it cause I didn't think I could get there. And, and recently I've become a Queensland resident. I bought a house on the Gold Coast and then so the WA is open to Queensland but not New South Wales. So I have a Queensland licence now. I live in Queensland so I can get to it. So this has only happened recently. So I'm like, sweet, I can get to the race. So I've only really – and I was I, I did it like a little – because I was I stuck in Australia and I couldn't go overseas and race and there was no race. Oh, I haven't raced since I'm in Cairns in June. And the only thing I could really do was Noosa try. And it's been like a race I've always wanted to do. Like it's got great history. It's like a big race in Australia, but it's Olympic distance and it's not the distance I'm really, really good at. So I, during COVID when we were in lockdown and all that, I just kind of trained for Noosa and um, did, went and did Noosa, had a, had a ball, didn't do didn't, I swam and biked all right, but I couldn't run as fast as those young whippersnappers. Like some of those kids, some of those kids, I, I was like, 12 to 15 years older. Like I was the oldest dude on the start list. So, but I enjoyed it. It was fun. And then after that, I'm like, okay, I'm a Queensland resident now. I can get to WA. So then I'm like, bang with my coach. I'm, I work with Ryan Williams now at 3D bike fit. Yep. We like, let's, um, let's, let's, let's go to bus. So let's lock it in. So I've pretty much, um, I did my first Ironman week last week. I've got another week. I'm in a, I'm in a pretty big, um, block at the moment. I'll, training week this week. Uh, I've got the full bloody Ironman brain fog going on yeah. full, like just in the box. Yep. <laughs> so I got this week and then one more week and then I've got a, an easy week. So I'm only really going to do, it's going to be a three week build and then taper. But like, as I said, I've got the base. I was fit from doing all the, the short course Olympic training. All I needed to do was just get a few long rides and long runs in it. And I'll be sweet. Like I feel, I feel good. I feel fit. I feel like I'm, swimming well. I feel like I'm riding well. I feel like I'm running well. So I'm, I'm amped up. I'm pretty pumped. I've just got to get through these next couple of weeks, just not get any injuries, sickness or anything like that. And then it will be, uh, it'll be game on. Awesome. So read that, um, read that, that block you did leading into Noosa. What were some like really key, um, swim sessions you were doing? Um, definitely like a lot of like, uh, hard hundreds, which I haven't really done a lot of. Um, it might be like 21s, um, you know, the first, the first five would be like, um, on the 125 cycle, then the next five on the 120 cycle, then the next five would be on the 115 and then try, uh, and then the next five on the 110, which I can't really do because a hard hundred for me is like 108, 109. So I'm pretty much touching and then going again. So. Um, there's some of like kind of the, the swims I've been doing, but I've just kind of been working a lot on, um, my technique as well and doing a lot of drill and stuff like that. And one thing I've scrapped, which I feel has helped my swimming is I'm not swimming a lot. Like I used to swim like 20 K a week. Now I'm swimming like 15 to 17 K and I'm not doing five K sets. I'm just doing like three to four K and the three K would be like, just like call it, there'll be quality in the three, three, four K. So I, I'd swim nothing over four K anymore. I just get in there, get it done. And if I get in there and, and my strokes all over the shop and I feel like shit, I just call it and just get out or I'll just do some drill and then get out. So, um, I don't, I don't obsess over like numbers. Oh, I've got to do 20 K. I got to do 20 K. I just get in there, do a quality session. If it's, if I'm on, I'll do it. If I'm not on, I'll do some drill or get out. Yeah. So I, I really feel that I really feel like that's helped my swimming. So does every swim that you do now have some quality in it? 
not there'll be about like three of them that would have quality in, and then there'll be like maybe two swims at 2k just recovery yep. like after like a, a big um after like a brick session or something like that might be just like 2k recovery maybe jump in shores bay in the ocean and just throw the wetty on or speed suit and just roll the arms over so but yeah about two or three a week would have good quality in it and and strength sorry too i and a lot of like i put a lot of strength swimming there like pull boy pads band around the ankle a lot of that as well yeah Awesome. And then with the bike, um, you mentioned before that you've been doing a lot of stuff on the, on the indoor trainer. Um, what, what's your, what's your bike training looked like, um, in the lead up to that Noosa race, which is a a 40 K, um, individual time trial. Yeah. So, um, um, Ryan's designs, like I've got like three or four different sets that I go between. Um, a stock standard one is like six, three minutes. That's a pretty standard one. Um, He's got another one, uh, 21 minutes at, um, at a hundred and five percent of your FTP. So that's a pretty hard one as well. That's like three for me. That's like, um, I do it at, I do 21s at 385. So it's a pretty solid session. So little sessions like that. There's another little session. He's got this hill power. So I do at least like one of them each week. And I just feel like that's just put my cycling through the roof. Like, it's always something that I've kind of lacked is my like top end and these trainer sets have just like bought that up and it's bought my FTP up and everything. So. Yeah. Are you someone who would do um, like an FTP test? Like I reckon pretty much everyone I know who, who cycles or does triathlon has at some point done a, an FTP test on, uh, on Zwift. Are you someone who would do that as well? Um. I have, but not all. I wouldn't do one. I'm not a fan of doing one. I know a lot of guys will do one every like three or four months. I'm not a fan of that. Um, some of the FTP tests or the, the to get the number I've got are actually during races. So like, you know, your, your best hour um, or 20 minutes during a race, I would take that and use that as my FTP. Yeah. Instead of like, cause like, I like, the best 20 minutes power I've ever done was like going up Harvey during an Ironman. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. And like uh, another like best hour power I've ever done was in Ironman Western Australia that year, 2018 or 17 it was, where they cancelled the swim. And I just was, I was riding with Terenzo that day and we were just like, just full gas. And that was like, like I think I remember going through the first 100K in like 305, which is, I don't even ride that power in the 70.3. So just like things like that, where I take it from like sitting on the trainer, like trying to pump out an FTP test. I just think that would be horrible. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It'd be too horrible. Yeah. It is horrible. Yeah. <laughs> but in a race, in a race situation, you're not thinking about it and you just like, you just right. You're in race mode. You're fresh and you just like, you just go for it. Are you a guy who like obsesses over your numbers much? Like, so if I asked you off the top of my head, like what's, what's your best 20 minute power? Are you the kind of guy who knows that, that data? Um, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not a data geek whatsoever. Like I don't like, I don't fuss over, like I don't obsess over numbers and stuff, but I kind of do know what they are, but I don't. Yeah, I don't obsess over them or anything yep. like that. Yep. Um, and then uh, into your running, what's your running looked like? Because obviously Noosa is um, it's a it's a short course triathlon, so a ten k run off off only a forty k bike, which is significantly le- less vo- like duration than what you would usually race. Um, and the guys in, in in that stuff at the moment are just running absolutely crazy times off the bike. Oh, like uh, it's just, I, I couldn't get over it. Like. I was hoping to go to Noosa and run like a low 33. I was going to be stoked with that. And I ran a 33 high, which I was still pretty happy with considering like what's, what wrecked me at Noosa was my transitions All my, all my transitions were 10 seconds slower than all those boys. And I came out of the swim, like on the tail end of the, of the second group. Well, there was like, there was like five guys up front and it was just like massive second group. And I was on the tail end of that. And then I lost the group in transition. Cause I was, I don't know, I was having a picking, I don't know what I was doing, but, uh, I lost 10 seconds to all those guys. So I had to ride, I rode like three twenty-five Watts for 16 K to catch back up to the group. 
And then I called back up to the group and I just went straight to the front and rode at the front and then came in and then same on the run on the T2, I lost another 10 seconds and all those boys were gone. And I ran a 33. I wanted to run 33 low, but I ran 33 high. Anyway, these boys ran 30 minutes, even like a couple of the boys ran just under 30 minutes. And I was just like, Fuck me. <laughs> the sport is just like, it's different. Another level now. And these are like, these are young kids that like, if you're running that time, you should be overseas on the, on the ITU world cup circuit. But these guys are just, I don't know if they didn't can't travel because of COVID or whatever, but they, they're just stuck in Australia racing and they're just so talented. And I, it's just, I don't know. I don't know what's happening with our triathlon Australia high performance program, but it just seems like these boys should be over there racing and representing Australia on this ITU world cup, I'm, which I'm sure they are, but, it's just I find it weird that they're all in Australia when you know there's Abu Dhabi and all these world Montreal and all these World Cup races that are going on. But um, yeah, I was surprised how quick because I looked at some of the times in previous nooses and I think uh, the quickest time was like a 31 from Jake Burke whistle like a couple of years ago, and and then there was like two or three young kids that broke 30 minutes so it's just crazy yeah crazy yeah triathlon certainly really like going to the next level um at, at the moment isn't it oh for sure for sure for sure like yeah and we've got some really good young boys and girls coming through so uh yeah we're the sports in good hands in australia just that high performance program kind of needs a bit of a kick in the butt i think <laughs> Yeah, but I think See, that's a whole other this story. is obvious. <laughs> I was going to say this is going well off topic from what we would usually talk about here, but it, it like for people who do love triathlon, particularly for Australians who who love triathlon and, and are listening to this, it's a really interesting topic um, in what's going on um, at the at sort of the top um, in in Australian short course triathlon at the moment, particularly after the the Olympics. There was um there was a lot of um upset people and people demanding change um following tokyo um and so it would be actually really interesting to get your opinion on that and and, and what you think needs to happen yeah look i i shouldn't really comment because i don't really know enough or follow it enough like i like i watch the olympics and i i see we australia didn't really do well but um i i know it's not I don't know what's going on with the program and the funding and blah, but I don't know like the ins and outs, but I just know that I've just like you, I've seen like a bit of an uproar and just some stuff on Facebook and stuff, but I don't know enough to comment, but I just know that there's, there's needs to be some changes and, and I don't know what or how or what to do, but I just, from an outsider, just kind of looking in, there definitely kind of needs to be some big changes. Yep. Yep. Yeah, well, I know. maybe another day. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, look, uh, yeah, for another day. <laughs> <laughs> so leading into uh, into Noosa, um, you you said you expected to or wanted to run a, a low thirty three minutes. Yeah. So, what training were you doing um, with your running to to try and make sure that happened? Yeah. Look, I like leaning into it. I was running really well. Like I was doing my best ever. Like. I was like a, a session would be like eight one k's that I, like a key session I was doing a lot of build runs. Um, I was another session I would do would be like three by three k's. Um, like the first one would be like um, like three forty, three thirty, and then three twenties. Uh, and those one k's would be like best out. Like for me to like run a like a good one k, I would be around like the three one. That's, that's, that's for me, Max, like for me to dip under three, that that's an all out sprint for me. And that, and that's hard. So, uh, I think one of the sessions, the best session I did was I ate one K and I think my slowest K was like a three Oh five and my quickest was a three Oh one. So that's, that's about as good as it gets for me. Cause I'm not, I'm not like a short course special or anything. Like I've, I got a diesel engine. I can go all day, but I just can't go fast. So um, but that's the, what I got to, that was like, you know, two, like a week or two before Noosa. And then, so I was kind of, I was confident that I could run the low 33, but yeah, I don't know. I just, I was probably enjoying it a little bit too much. Like I was running along and I was chatting to friends and when 
I finished like all the boys, all the young guys were just all on the ground, like laying down and just like completely spare. And I crossed the line and I'm like, yeah, I feel good. Let's go do that again. Like I was ready, I was ready to race. Like, and that's just the diesel engine that I have, but, um, I just can't go, I just can't go fast. I'm yep. too old for that shit, <laughs> but, but I enjoyed it and it was fun. And, and I just wish it was, I wish I, I wish there was a good 70.3 on, uh, like I really wanted, I was really fit for sunny coast and I obviously I was in New South at the time and I couldn't, the border restrictions were real strict at that stage and I couldn't even get, um, I couldn't even get an exemption to cross, even though it was uh, essential and it's my job. So, um, that was a bit frustrating, but, um, yeah. Yeah. And, and then coming off Noosa, um, what is you, so did you, was there just a really like sudden and, and stark shift in, in training to, to going into like a, a little bit less intensity and more volume straight away? Uh, no, it wasn't like, uh, I actually like that, that after doing that speed stuff and then going back to like doing Ironman pace effort, it actually feels easier. Like, cause I'm used to going like, I'm used to going 300 Watts, but now I'm training to do like 260, 270 Watts. It actually feels really easy. And it's just, I could just feel like I can do it all day. So I actually feel really good. And same with running. Like I was punching a lot of sessions out at like 320 pace and now I'm running Ironman pace 350. It actually feels really easy. So um, yeah, I, I did like a big week last week. I'm in the middle of another big week now and I feel, I feel really good. So, um, I'm really, really pumped. Hopefully I can get to WA and it goes ahead and it'll be interesting to see how I go. Yeah. And, and what have those last two weeks actually looked like? So you said you did, was it 27 hours last week that you did? Yeah. So 20, I did like 27 and a half and that got me, it got me 17 in the pool it got me 490 on the pushy and I ran hundred K. Yeah. Okay. And that was like, maybe there's probably like two like quality swim bike and run sessions in there as well. So there's a bit of intensity in there as well, which is, um, which is a good week. Like yeah. to have like a few good quality sessions in there with some aerobic stuff. Yeah. I, I was pretty happy with that week. What would you do? Like a, are you doing like a one long ride and one long run or are you doing like a long brick? Yeah. So like, um, Saturday, let's, for an example, Saturday, I did, I did a three and a half hour ride. Um, uh, at the end of it, the last hour I did like a build, I, I went uh, 20 minutes, 260, 20 minutes, 280, uh, sorry, 20 minutes, 270, then 20 minutes at 280. And then I did a runoff and I built that run by 20 minutes as well. So I went 20 minutes, four minute K pace, 20 minutes at uh, three fifty, and then twenty minutes at three forty pace. Yeah. So that was like a that's kind of like a standard. And then I did like a recovery swim um, the next day, and then then followed so and then followed up the next morning, Sunday morning, with just a long, long aerobic run, long two hour aerobic run, and that was done pretty easy. That was just done at four thirty pace. So. Yeah. And and outside of um, the actual training you do, are you someone who believes in in doing lots of other things to to help performance? Like, are you a real one percent nerd who is always you know doing um recovery and 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 eating really well and sleeping lots and and that sort of thing yeah look i i try to like i so i'm i measure all my like health and fitness with um whoop have you heard of the whoop strat yep so that like that tracks that tracks your sleep tracks your hrv uh, and it gives you a straw, uh, a strain score each day, which is like the amount of strain that you do during the day. So like, um, your training, it will give you like a, a strain score of like 18 point, whatever, or whatever, it depends what you do. And so the highest strain score you can get is like 21, which is near impossible. You'd have to be like exercising for like 24 hours to get that. But like a solid day for me, like the last, I've done the last four days at like 20.3, 20.4, which is like, that's up there. That's like a big strain day. And then, uh, it gives you a recovery as well. So it, it, it tells you how you're, you're recovering from those big strain days. And, and I've been recovering pretty well. Like I've been in the green. Oh yes. This morning I woke up and I was, I was in the yellow, but, uh, so it just measures your HIV and gives you this. So it's a really good tool just to see, um, you know, if you're like overtraining or anything like that, or you're going to get sick. So like 
I've had like four big days and my recoveries have been pretty good. So I, I've kept pushing. Like if I've had a big day again today and I've got a feeling like I feel a bit tired or pretty sore, I feel like it might be in the red tomorrow morning. So when that's in the red, I know to take it a bit easier and just to back it off a bit. But the one thing I've noticed like the last, since I've ramped it up, the training, my sleeps hasn't been as good. Like it will tell me how much REM sleep I get, how much deep sleep I get, and that's definitely dropped. And the weather's also warmed up here too. So I'm obviously going to bed dehydrated and that's why I'm not sleeping well. So things like that, it's just, it just, it just gives you a bit of feedback and measures that stuff. And I know that I kind of need to like try to get better sleep. So I need to hydrate or eat better or whatever. So just things like that. I find it a really good tool to have Um, in terms of like eating well. And I, I eat pretty well, but also when I'm training hard, I definitely like to eat a bit of shit as well. Um, especially when I do these big weeks, like I just, just constantly hungry all the time. And then I eat dinner and then I'm back in the cupboard and I'm back in the fridge trying to find other stuff just to, 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 um, get full. But, um, and in terms of other th- recovery, I definitely could be better at it. Um, I try to, uh, I see my car at least once every couple of weeks. I try to get a massage every like once a week, every couple of weeks, um, I'm a new sponsor for the next two years is two times you. So I've been wearing a lot of compression sock, compression stuff. Um, I use this device called the NeuroCore, which is like it, um, you've like put it on your muscles and sends like a, like a shock way, like gives like shock therapy. I find that a really good tool for niggles. I always have this niggling, uh, hamstring and I find that I put the NeuroCore on that. Um, and I find that helps, um, a little bit of ice baths, not, not, not heaps, not enough, but I definitely will. I live pretty close to the ocean. I'll definitely jump in the ocean and stuff like that for like recovery. But I definitely, as I'm older, I feel like I need to be better with my recovery. Um, when I'm training like less, like that 20 hour kind of week mark, I feel like my recovery is a lot better. But as I'm training, like bigger now with Ironman stuff, I feel like I'm neglecting a bit because I'm trying to get all the other stuff done. And like when I have my son, I've only got a real small window to train as well. So I'm just feel like I'm cramming a lot in that. And then the re- the recovery is kind of getting a little bit neglected, which is really bad. I should really prioritize that, especially now I'm older. Yeah. Um, if you, so you are someone who's getting a bit busier now um, with, with your family and that sort of thing. But if you were someone who was working a full-time job and, and trying to train for an Ironman or a marathon or whatever it is, what do you think through your experience is the one thing you would do for recovery and really focus on to get the most out of your performance? Oh, sleep, 100%, 100% sleep. Sleep is the best. And that's something that I've definitely learned while having this whoop. I thought I was a pretty good sleeper till I got the whoop and realized I'm actually not a great sleeper. Like I don't, I like my bedtime, I really need to change my bedtime habits. Like I need to, I need to like put like seven o'clock. I need to like put my phone away, turn the telly off, stuff like that. That's, that's cause it just, I can just, t- when I do things like that and um, I sleep way better, but I'm this person that will like, you know, I'm doing, the business side of my job, which is like emails and social media and all that other shit you got to like worry about with being an athlete. I'm doing that at night and I'm doing that all the way up to bed. And I'm like on my laptop or on my phone doing emails. And then I'm like, go to bed. And then, and then my mind's just spinning a million miles an hour. Cause I'm thinking, Oh, I've got to do this email. I've got to do this post or whatever it is, you know? And so I'm just, I need to, I need to learn to switch off more. And like seven o'clock, I just need to like really like, put screens down and just kind of like put a bit of music on and just chill. And then that's when I sleep better. So sleep is the number one I think. Yeah. And ideal world, like perfect world. How many hours a, a night would you be aiming for? Well, like for me, I find um, the eight hours is that's when I recover best. Uh, I could get away. I can get away with the seven, seven hours is like, that's like 70% for me. And that's, that's the whoop tells me that, that that's enough for me to recover and, and to go again the next day, which is that, that seven hours, which is the 70%. But I like to try to get over seven hours. So when I get up to around that eight, eight and a half, then I'm at a hundred percent, hundred percent 
sleep. So, um, but yeah, it's just, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. And with, um, with diet, do you, do you focus on, on your, your weight at all and that sort of thing? Well, no, no I don't. Cause naturally I'm just a smaller guy. Like I've never, like when I go on break, I put on like, like when I go on break, I drink beer, I eat shit, I do everything. And I put on two kilos. Yeah. Um, and that's like the heaviest I've ever been is 70 kilos. So it's, it's nothing. It's just, as soon as I do like one long run, I'm back down to like race weight, which I'm like, I like to be around 68 kilos. I have got down to like 66, like when I was obsessed with weight, but it was good for running, bad for swimming and bad for cycling. So I think, I feel like 68, I'm strong at all three. So I like to stay around that weight. So I definitely don't watch what I eat when I, and I definitely, I, I try to eat well, like I'll eat like a nice healthy uh, dinner, but then after dinner, I might have some chocolate and ice cream. Like I just try to work on that 80, 20 rule. <laughs> 80% good, 20% shit. Oh, I love a late night snack. Um, <laughs> oh, hell yeah. And I, mate, I, I love my beers. Yeah. I love beers. That's one thing that I like really struggle to like fully stop. Like I try not to do midweek uh, beers now. And I just try to, I just have a couple of beers at the pub on the weekend, but uh, I've been good now. I haven't had a beer in like a week and a half. So I've been pretty well behaved. <laughs> That's behaved for me. Do you actually find a difference though in, in, in how you train and how you race when you do cut back alcohol? Um, I sleep better when I do. Yeah. I definitely sleep better. Like I find like, I find one or two beers is fine, but I like to enjoy like five or six. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and, and then I just sleep shit. Uh, it yeah. depends what beer too. Like, um, like a pale ale or something like that. I don't sleep well, but if I have something that's just like, uh, like, I don't know, something a bit more, I don't know, like a, maybe like a mid strength or something like that, something a bit, a bit less in alcohol or I find a little bit better, but, um, I love like a, being like from the Byron area, I love a good stone and wood. So and that's an IP, uh, that's a pale ale. Yeah. So, yeah. And to just take it back quickly, um, cause I am really interested in, in what you were saying about, um, using the, the data from your, your whoop strap. Um, yep. just to give me like a bit of an idea of, of, of where, you, where things are for you, what sort of, um, like resting heart rate are you waking up with? And, and when you train, do you, do you use, um, the strap to, to track your heart rate when you train and, and that sort of thing? Yeah. So I pretty much leave the strap on all the time. I never take it off. Um, Sometimes I'll take it off for swimming because it just gives this really crazy strain score. Uh, other times I might put like a, that comes with this like little band that covers it. So it stops water going underneath it. But um, yeah, I sleep with it, everything. So yeah, it, it gives you a resting heart rate. And mine varies between like, I think the lowest is like 38, but it averages around like 40, 41. Um, so it gives you that. And the new, the new whoop, 4.0, which is coming out soon. I think that that's going to measure, uh, it's going to measure blood oxygen and, um, skin temp. So yeah, that would be interesting. But yeah, the other ones at respiratory rate that it measures your resting heart rate and your HRV. Yeah. And, um, when you're sort of like, let's say you're doing, um, eight by one K running, like the, the eight by one K running session, or you're on the bike doing, um, you know, your, your three minute efforts, like you talked about, what would your heart rate sort of get up to for there? And, and what would it sit at? Yeah. So for like, I can get my heart rate higher running than I can cycling, but I, for those kind of sessions running, I'm up around like the 185, um, 190 is like pretty max for me running. And then for cycling is around like the 180, 182, I can get up to like an all, yep. all out effort. That's kind of like the maxes for me. During an Ironman, say like during the the bike leg of an Ironman midway through and and, and then maybe like deeper into the run, what sort of heart rate are you tracking up there? Oh, well, I've definitely been in the 180s uh, in Kona going up hub, that's for sure. But uh, I try to keep it, for the bike, I try to keep it like under 160, but especially if you're in the group and it's surgy, well, then it can be all over the shop because you kind of got to go with the surges. You got to go with the race and you got to cover moves and stuff like that. But I try to keep it pretty, um, 
I try not to spike it too much, definitely in the bike. And same with the run. I try to keep it around that 160 mark. Like um, last I, last few Ironmans I've done, I haven't worn heart rate, but um, back in last time I probably did was like 2016 and it was around like the 160, 165 mark all day for an Ironman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and on that, like this is just where my brain went to, to um, talking about your data. Do you take notice of what your competitors are doing and like are you trying to, um, you know, keep up with their training or, or other or, or other types of data to, to like reference to your own training? Uh, look, I like I follow some pros on Strava and stuff like that and I, I see what other guys are doing and I try not to – go and copy what they do. Like I stick to what works for me because I've been in the sport so long now, I kind of know what works for me and what doesn't work for me. Uh, I definitely see like our sport is just typical of guys. I, I honestly believe everyone in our sport overtrains. Everyone overtrains. Like, And it's, it's kind of like got this stigma that it's like more is better and the better you more train you are, the better you are, which is just total shit. Like it's just bullshit. Like, like I've seen guys like, like Reedy, for an example, like he's definitely on the low side of training and mate, he was a world champion. Like he's like, I think a big week for Reedy is like 20 hours. And um, for me, I would look at, I used to look at that thinking that's, that's an easy week. But, and, you know, he's won a world title on it. So Sam Apo is another guy. He does like 18 hours a week and the guy's a beast. So, but then you got the other end, you got the other end of the scale where you got the Norwegian boys, um, Gustav and um, Bloomingfeld. And those guys just train, oh, the hours and the volume those guys do is just fucking crazy. Like, um, and the paces they train, like all their rides are like around 40K an hour and their runs are all around four-minute K pace. But those boys, they live, well, A, they're a lot younger than what I am at, and they live in like an institute environment where they, you know, they they get everything done for them. Like they they go to on training camps and they've got guys like doing everything for them and all they do is have to do, all they have to do is train train and sleep and so it's kind of, I feel like it's kind of um a little bit easier to train like that if you're you know you just do training then you go down and dinner's there for you or you finish training and you you jump on the massage table and and those guys are very they, from like an outside looking in they're very scientific with their training so they're they're obviously very dialed in with what when they're going too hard or when they're um not training hard enough etc cetera, etc cetera. so um, but yeah, I see what those boys do and I just, that's fucking psycho, but, um, it, it works for them because they're, well, Gustav's the current 70.3 world champion and Bloomingfeld's the current gold medalist at, um, Tokyo. So yeah, they're the, they're the next breed of guys coming through. They're like, and Gustav did his first Ironman, um, last weekend or two weekends ago in Florida and went like 7.42, ran like a 2.34 marathon, like on his first Ironman, like the guys are just freaks. Yeah. If if someone said to you, if you got an email tomorrow from from the Norwegian national team and said, hey, hey, Burks, we want you to come and train with us for 12 months, would you do it? <laughs> they would eat me alive. Um, uh, look, I would. I would go for, I would love to go for a couple of weeks, but 12 months, I, I would not survive. They would, um, they would chew me up and spit me out. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, uh, that's the, the 37 year old in you coming out. Yeah. Yeah. No, nah, look, I, I look, don't get me wrong. I love what I do and I love training and I, I enjoy the process of, um, getting ready for a race. Like I'm in West Australia, but for me, I love for me to make it work and do and for me to do well, I need balance. Like I need a life outside of triathlon. Like I love hanging out with my little man when I'm not training and doing cool stuff with him. I love going to the pub and having a beer with the boys. Like if I couldn't do that stuff or, you know, hanging out with my girlfriend, taking my dog for a walk. If I can't do that stuff, I would not, I would not be able to do triathlon and survive. Like I need my little outlet. So like, you know, during the day when I'm training, I'm all business and I get it done. But then, you know, when I get home, I switch off and I don't think about triathlon and I'll, I'll go do something fun. 
So it's all balanced for me. And I, and I believe that's, yeah. that's how I've lasted in the sport so long is because I've always had a really, really good balance. Like I've, I, I've seen so I've seen so many good young talented guys who I've trained with and raced with. Like, you, like you, you like they're going to be world champion. They're so good, but they just they're just fully in and they fully commit. And then three four years later, they just burn themselves out because they just they have no balance. They don't have a life outside of triathlon, and and you, you need that. You need that. Like, it's good to be full robot hermit guy for like going into a race or like a couple of years or whatever it is, but you need to be able to flick a switch and have an off season, have a break, have some time outside of the sport. Yeah. If anyone can speak about that, it's you. Like you've been um, racing professionally for nearly two decades and, and you haven't just been racing, you've been stupidly successful. So. Oh yes. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Oh, look, I, I, I still, I, I kind of don't, I don't see myself like as successful. Like I've like, yeah, I've been at the pointy end for like a decade, which has been nice, but, like I've like as I said, I've done thirty four Ironmans and I've won four of them out of thirty four. Like, and I, there's been so many seconds and thirds, and I kind of like back then I'm like, yes, yeah, second, like that's cool. Like, but now I kind of see it as like a bit of a failure. Like, I just I I find it so. This is one thing that really drives me nuts with the whole sport. Like, I just I can't just seem to like get a break and just get that win again like i haven't won a race since 2017 but the amount of seconds i've had between then then and now is just ridiculous it's just ridiculous i'm always the bridesmaid and i find it really frustrating and i don't know what to do to change that like i i work fucking hard i train my ass off and i just i just seem to like and it's I just seem to get second all the time and it's not like it's second to the one guy all the time it's second to heaps of different guys so it's one thing that really frustrates me even to this day. And then I just, I would love to go to Ironman WA and just crack a win. I would love nothing more. I would just be fucking stoked and it would be just the best to start the next two, the kind of final two years of my career to go into. So, but yeah, I don't, I don't know what to do about that. <laughs> like, yeah. have, have you sat down and like, I know you obviously think about your career every day and, and you're out there training and trying to trying to get better and improve every day. But have you had like specific conversations, particularly maybe with your coach at the, at the, at the minute at the minute and thought, what are, what is that, you know, what is that thing that I'm missing? Why, why am I on so many podiums, but not winning? And, and have you, you hypothesized around that and, and tried to change anything based on those conversations and that, that thinking? Yeah, I, I've definitely had the conversations um, and the con- kind of cl- conclusion I've, we've kind of come up with is I maybe I'm not taking enough risks, risks during races. Like I'm not – like I'm playing it too safe to be – because like at the end of the day I race to like make an income, to make a um, – to like make money to like, so I can pay my mortgage, et cetera, whatever, feed my family, whatever. So I kind of like feel like maybe sometimes I play it too safe for like to race for like a podium. And sometimes maybe I'm not racing for the win and not putting it all on the line or taking those risks that people take to win races. Um, I don't know. That's the kind of, the only really can kind of conclusions I can, but, I don't know, but do I risk taking a risk and then like fully blowing up and finishing outside of the, the top three, top five and not making a paycheck? Like, I don't know, like, is that a bad way to race going into race? Like, okay, you know, you've got to race for like, you know, am I thinking, is it a bad way to race? Cause okay, I've got to get a podium to get, uh, I've got to be on the top three to get prize money plus my bonuses or, you know, should I be thinking about it? I don't know. These are things that I've kind of, I've definitely chatted about with my team and stuff like that. And maybe I need to change my mindset and not think like that. I don't know. There's, um, yeah, it's an interesting thing. That's for sure. It is definitely interesting because one of the first things we talked about um, on this podcast is what do you want from the next two years? And the only thing you really want is, is another Ironman win. So it sort of sounds like you do need to take those risks. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And, um, and that's what I'm thinking for WA. Like, like maybe I, I really need to take a good big risk and go for it and actually um, race without myself 
uh, outside myself to like get that result and just see what happens and see if it actually pulls off, if I can pull it off or not. So yeah, um, it's, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> it's an interesting one. That's for sure. When you, when you've thought about that, because you were talking about how in the build to Noosa with the, the bike workouts you've been doing and, and how you think your, your bike has sort of gone to the, to the next level. And, and even the fact that you, um, lost time in, in T1 at Noosa and rode back up to the group, went straight to the front and, and rode on the front that, that, the, that, you know, that is more a swim run race than it is uh, a bike race, but the bike is still insanely hot there. Um, are you sort of thinking maybe maybe you make a, a move on the bike at, at Bustleton? Yeah, it's it's definitely, yeah, I have given it a bit of thought. Like there's going to be Uber bike riders there like Matty Burton who last time I did it, he rode like, I think he rode maybe five to eight minutes into me. Um, but he's not a great swimmer, but we ran pretty much the same time. But, um, yeah, so something like maybe going with him or something like that. But last time I went to Busso and I like went like, yeah, last race of the year, just I'm going to go for it. <laughs> I went for it on the bike and rode a really good time, but then I ran like really bad. I ran really shit. I ran a 310, which last time I did that race, I ran a 246. So, um, yeah, it's just just things I need to weigh up and, yeah, but I also came off. You like, came off Kona, didn't you? Oh, I came off Kona. I did Thailand. It was a massive year. Yeah. And I just went over there just for something to do kind of thing. But, um, yeah, oh, look, I'll, 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 I'll sit with my coach and we'll um, we'll sort out a bit of a game plan and uh, and we'll give it a red hot crack, that's for sure. Yeah, I like where your head's at and, and that's, a, that's such an interesting conversation um, and it's an insight you don't often get in this sport. Um, everyone sort of keeps what they, they do pretty secret and what they're planning to do pretty secret. So that sort of open, honest insight there is that's actually fascinating. Yeah, like I, I, I find like I find that a bit like a lot of guys are very secretive with their training and stuff, which is cool. That's fine. You know, it's not there's no real, there's no real secrets to, to training. It's just honest, hard work and everyone who does well does the work. So they deserve the result they get. So, um, yeah, look, I, I'm, I'm not very secret, but I do. I like sharing what I do. That's why I like, I use Strava and I always kind of post my sessions and stuff like that. And, and always happy to share my sessions and talk about my sessions with people like, yeah, I, I've been in the sport a long time now and I'd like to kind of, I would like to eventually get into coaching and coaching some of these young guys or some like um, guys who maybe finish with short course and want to come to Ironman. I'd kind of like to get into that as well. So yeah, I I definitely like, I'm open about my stuff and like sharing. That's for sure. Yeah. I was going to ask that whether the natural transition for you is into coaching and, and whether that's something you're interested in. Like, so if people just hit you up now, like, are you are you at that point already where you're thinking about coaching or is that two years down the track? Oh, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely open to it and I have had some guys ask me and I I have helped a couple of guys out in, in past but nothing like full-on like coaching kind of stuff. But it's definitely something I'm open up to, open to for the next couple of years, to do in the next couple of years. Um, Definitely take, I wouldn't mind taking on a couple of athletes, but um, I definitely would like to give it a little bit more thought, but uh, it's the, I I really, I really would like to do the on, like the hands-on stuff, like the online stuff kind of doesn't really float my boat, but I would love to have like a little crew of guys, especially while I'm still training to like, ride and train and, and to, and to train with. And I think that would be pretty cool. And now being on the Gold Coast, I think that's possible. Like, um, it wasn't possible where I was in, in, um, Ballina cause uh, Reedy has, Reedy has RPG, has his crew and then Clado had his crew. Um, so I always felt like I would be stepping on their toes. So I never really got into it, but I feel like maybe on the Gold Coast, I can really, um, um, venture down that path and, get a little crew happening. Yeah. Hey, um, thanks Heath for coming on. And, um, it's, it's, this has been, um, one of those chats where time's just flown by for me, um, mainly just because of how open and honest you've been. Um, so I really appreciate your time. Uh, th- thanks Jack. Uh, cheers mate. That's no, been, uh, it's been gr- great to catch up again. You have to get up this way again soon and we'll have to catch up for a ride or something. 
I know. I'm uh, I'm already like a really naturally super pale dude, so um, I've been stuck down. <laughs> well, in you the, definitely the, need, you definitely need to get up here and work on that tan, mate. <laughs> actually, be later the next time I, I come up and uh, and do some training with you because I will get so sunburned it's not even funny. <laughs> I might have to head into the Gold Coast Hospital. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, my uh, my girlfriend my, my girlfriend's a nurse there, mate. So I'll make sure she looks after you. <laughs> yeah, get her to have a have an IV drip ready. <laughs> yeah, I'll get her to sort you out. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, what training are you doing tomorrow? Um, tomorrow I've got so I got uh, I got a swim in the morning, and then I've got like a and then I've got like a ninety minute erg, which is uh, like a strength session for me. I do uh, I do twenty I do three twenty minutes at like big gear like SE and I do that around 275 and then that's my day done and then I I get that done by like 11 and then I have the rest of the afternoon off to chill awesome mate that sounds awesome hey um yeah once again thanks for coming on um you're an absolute legend I love you um really appreciate it oh cheers Jack awesome appreciate it legend thanks mate thanks Burks <laughs>